everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Enlightened Mike podcast. My name is Tim. This is my cohort, uh, intimidating partner in crime, uh, Jacob Willard. Uh, how's it going, Jacob? How's your How's your week? It goes well. It goes well. I had a good weekend, less fun than you probably, but uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty good. Yeah, we got to uh, we both went to the the Sunday PQ. I don't know if you went on Saturday. I didn't go on Saturday. So no, I didn't uh, go. yeah, cool. Um, uh, man, I could I was pretty I was pretty uh, pretty tired last night, so I can only imagine going back to back PQs is crazy. Like just like exhausting. Oh yeah, the Saturday one went super late. I think they were playing till like nine thirty mm-hmm. or something like that. Like well, very because they started at noon. Yeah. Well, yeah, and so the they, they started at noon, which seems like a mistake, especially if you make top eight, right? Um, which like if you're just going to, at noon and like playing five rounds or six rounds or however many they went, um, that's reasonable. But like, yeah, playing six rounds and then a top eight. Um, the match that I was watching was like happening at like seven thirty. So it was just like that's <laughs> basically my night night time, man. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, went to the PQ. It was a good time. We'll talk about that in um in a minute here. Um, before we jump in to uh, uh our show today, we have a, a good show. Want to talk about the upcoming uh, uh flesh blood seasons. Want to talk about the PQ season. Do a little recap where we think the meta's going. Uh, then talk about uh you know uh uh when to take it easy in flesh and blood. And uh, uh, also, uh, Jacob has some some super hot card market advice. The uh, <laughs> stonks man himself. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but before we do that, a couple of housekeeping things, so to speak. First of all, like and subscribe. Um, you know the drill. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the subscribe button. Two clicks. And uh, it does good things for our uh, algorithms and things. Uh, second, last week we announced, and I gave some more details on Twitter, um, uh, we're doing a giveaway of a box of Dynasty, which will trigger at 200 YouTube subscribers or 300 Twitter followers, whichever comes first. Um, and to enter, uh, you get an entry for, uh, doing a, uh, there's some stuff on Twitter you have to do, so I, I think it's, um, <laughs> I honestly don't remember where I put it, uh, something about commenting your favorite hero, um, and I think uh retweeting your uh the tweet as well um and then uh on youtube you just have to uh, smash the uh subscribe button um and uh like i said yet yeah, last week if you were here before the competition was announced and you were either subscribed on youtube or follow us on twitter you get an extra um entry just as a thank you from us so definitely go and uh, uh, do all those things and up your chances. Um, and then, yeah, when uh, when that's, uh, those milestones happen, we'll uh, uh, announce the winner and uh, ship out that box shortly. So someone will get a chance to pull another, you know, Marvel. Hopefully, get that mech Marvel. Yeah, that thing yeah. Cool. We're probably giving away a box with the Marvel in it. Maybe even the yeah, Emperor Marvel. Guaranteed. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Uh, not guaranteed. Uh, <laughs> just a uh, dis- dis- disclaimer. Uh, Jake knows what he's talking about, and uh, uh, terms and conditions such and such, and uh, speculation. Blah blah blah. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, so, uh, jumping into our show today, um, let's talk about PQ. So yesterday was the. I think it was the last. Uh, at least locally, it was the last week of the PQ season. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, uh, there were three PQs in our area, and then there were obviously more uh, in the Northwest in general. Um, I know somebody next week is like, uh, some of our team actually is actually driving up to Seattle to play in another one. Uh, that's not for me, but um, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, there were, there were uh, a bunch of events people could have gone to. Um, and as we started to get more data about the PQ, like last week, um, it was looking like a pretty cool meta. Um, but what, you know, just overall first, like overall, how was your PQ season? I, how many did you play in? Uh, so I played two PQs, uh, both on the Sundays of the weekend. Uh, and I had a blast. I didn't really get to practice enough going into the season. I took mm. a break after Worlds. Um, and then I kept telling myself, like, oh, I'll play. I, I think I went to the two armories. I played some Talishar. But I had really enjoyed this deck that I brewed up. 
uh, starting at Worlds and kind of just tinkering anytime I had time on my hands mm-hmm. in that uh, two months I took away from the game. And so coming in with uh, a deck that I was not sure was going to perform uh, and taking it into a PQ season and, and seeing some success with it definitely uh, uh, gave me a lot of confidence as yeah. like a deck builder, which I hadn't had in this game until recently. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah. And if you guys are curious, go check out our last video uh, that dropped on um, I, what the, the previous podcast. I don't know when this is going to go up, so I don't want to give you a time frame, but um yeah go check out that last podcast we talk about it a little bit more um and there's a deck link in there i'll if i remember throwing a deck link in the show notes here too um but yeah so it was like a berserk uh kind of like aggro uh go wide reinar yeah um, i feel like reinar's one of reinar's hardest thing is uh eating fives and like and mm-hmm. uh you can't really race a dash. You can fatigue a dash as, uh, as Reinar, but mm-hmm. I think I really mm-hmm. wanted to race. I just, I like aggro, so I wanted mm-hmm. to take uh, the big green guy and just make him as scary fast as I as I could, and I think Berserk was really a card that uh, opened up the deck building potentials for that. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah and so uh, I was really impressed. So the first, first time you took it out, you went 5-1 into top 8, um, and then the second time, so yesterday... You went, um, uh, you went four two and missed on breakers. Essentially, you finished right, like yeah, ninth through sixteenth yeah. or something. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and so that's like a, I mean, you know, a, a nine and three record with a, a your own brew is pretty cool. If you ask yeah, me. Yeah. Uh, and the deck, the deck's pretty off the beaten track, but right, like there's some, there's definitely some tech cards in there that you don't. Well, it's there. Or... <laughs> Off the, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, off the beaten trackers. Uh, yeah, I do have yeah. beaten trackers in the list too. <laughs> yeah, no, no pun intended, but uh, yeah, because I'm I'm not that clever, but um, yeah, I, I mean, and and like, there's, I guess that like, if you look at any individual card, like none of the cards are like, it's not like any like, it's not like wounded bull, right? Like, it's not any like, like hidden tech, but um, I think that the way that you constructed the deck is really cool. And all of it comes together to make one unique thing. Um, and that's what I, I, I really liked about it. Um, so yeah, definitely, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the deck list already, definitely go check it out. It's really cool. Um, yeah, I also played Reinar, and we're not going to yeah, talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I You know, I did a lot of... Uh, I did a lot of prep, and so I, I, like, I, played, I played a pretty similar Reinar list at, in San Jose um, before Dynasty came out. And I since Dynasty released, I did a lot of work on like a mid-range Reinar version, um, pretty similar to what I played at San Jose. Um, and I did a lot of tuning. I did a lot of tuning uh, of the deck uh, based on what I thought was going to show up and based on some other PQs, like statistics that we have seen that were made public. Um, and I went in with a plan, like, like my plan going in was, uh, beat Fi, um, beat Guardian, and beat, um, beat Icelander. Uh, and I think that I tuned my deck in a way that would do that, and that I felt really comfortable, you know, executing. Um, and I was very practiced in all those matchups. Um, and then I went in, and the first round was against Oldham. Uh, which is it's actually so this will follow up on this part of the story later but like the first round i played uh my friend natan who's you've seen him on this channel if you're if you've been around for a while he does a really great guardian deck tech and then a follow-up video about wonder fatigue um so go check that out if you have not very good um but i played against natan and uh, i beat him in in a really really fun game where like beast within got me to one and almost killed me um and uh Anyway, so I, I I squeaked that one out and I started one zero and I felt really really good, um, and then I went into a Bravo that um, just did Bravo things and high roll me and then I played uh, and I was like okay this is like a pretty expected meta I could probably win out from here and then I played Levia Levia Ryan Armir and then like a an Oldham but it was like Crown of Providence like Rainbow Pummel Oldham <laughs> so <laughs> it was just like uh. It was just, I don't know, it was just not what I was expecting. Um, and I, like, yeah, I don't know. It was just like, 
like uh it's just really weird and uh and 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 we we actually played in round like four or five or whatever um and and you won I, which i mean you know makes sense uh your deck's a lot more low to the ground you're yeah i think my deck is, is pretty tuned for the mirror yeah yeah and yeah. so uh and we'll talk about that in a minute right it's like the local meta is like it has a lot of rhinos so i think that's a really smart choice um yeah, so yeah i guess so um so yeah it like i was like it's weird because like i wasn't like i was disappointed that i went too far i think i like played fine um i know i know i made mistakes throughout the day like you know uh i, I think i could have maximized my percentages a little bit better but um yeah i just uh i i mean i i think i don't think i was ever making top eight if i faced those same matches uh and like drew those <laughs> same cards you know um yeah but it's like i had a good time and like i i was just like I think my main takeaway was like, like the local meta here is just like so weird, and like this could be like this could be a thing to do with proquests too, right? It's like maybe proquests aren't representative of like if you were to go to a calling or a battle hardened or something yeah. like that. Um, totally, they're not they're not a representative of the most competitive meta. Mm -hmm. I think in uh, the PQs, people definitely like to play pet decks. Sure, uh, and we we definitely saw a lot of that. I think. The one thing I kind of took away from this season is that Portland doesn't seem as um, spiky during his, uh, spiky during ProQuest seasons. And yeah. by that, I mean, we have people playing good decks and, and meta decks for sure, but we don't see an abundance of what I would consider the best decks or, or the meta decks. I think yeah. we had an abundance of Phi, but I don't, we had maybe one Phi make uh, top eight, mm -hmm. or yeah, two fives make top eights in, in both weekends. So that's that's mm. not a lot. Was there and, was there a second five in the top eight yesterday? Yeah, uh, Dylan Dart made it. Well, uh, Dylan Dart, and then who was the other one? So Justin made it uh, at Fable uh, last weekend. Oh, oh, but not no, no, but not two and one in a single top eight. No, right. no, no. I'm saying over the over the entirety yeah. of the season, yeah, yeah. we only had two. Um, and then we don't have. I think yesterday we had. Like two Icelanders, three uh, Icelanders. Yeah, so there were two two Icelanders in the field, as far as I could tell. That's um, crazy. Because yeah. the next number I'm going to tell you is going to blow your mind. We had <laughs> five Rhinars. Yeah. We had two Levias. We had um, a Bolton. I think Bolton showed up in a lot of people's local metas mm -hmm. all across the country, but um, it definitely seemed like our local meta favored brute. I don't know if it's because we yeah. see the, the vision. Uh, I don't know if it's because we have really strong brute players here that kind of put up an example. I mean, uh, we have arguably maybe one of the best Reinar players in the country in our local scene, yeah. as he proven as he's proven over this PQ season. Mm -hmm. uh, our buddy Nathan Bowman taking down two uh, ProQuest, taking down top or taking down first yeah. place at two with with his Reinar deck. Um, yeah. He uh so he, he I, got we, second we just, he got second in the first one and then he got first place in two two in, in the next two, which is just like after, like, after top eighting a uh, a calling at world yeah. like he 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 loves Reinar and he's showing that it, that it has legs so yeah. um yep. I don't know if we're we're all influenced by that but I just love the big green guy and yeah. uh, no same it was and, just really interesting to see Portland uh, gravitate that way and yeah. and then also we had a ton of guardians like I think we had quite an abundance of bravo and ultim mm -hmm. yeah and i think i think that like if it just based on like my anecdotal experience like i'd say that like the top three decks based on numbers were were guardian um and then i guess next would be like would be brute and so. or, like like brute and dromai i know that there were like three to five dromais i don't think it even made the top eight there were two dories like there were just like every and like we were in like the the like top half of the the room the whole time and like every like i saw like yeah i saw a couple of dories i saw there was there were there were two dories that were just like classic dawnblade dories one of them i think bubbled out and then there was another one like lower on the tables that was like axe dory um but yeah just like a ton of a ton of uh of levia reinar like like all sorts of just like random stuff that like i personally just like wasn't prepared for so <laughs> i don't know i think I think the next time that I go into something like this, I'm going to just like, like, I'm really, I'm really fortunate that like, 
I have like I have like a reasonable collection just because I've been playing for a while, and I also like if I have any gaps uh, for for decks that I want to play, like I can usually hit up you know the team and just say, hey guys, like I'm missing some staples, so it's like more easy for me to like switch decks and like I don't know I I feel like I maybe made the right call like just sticking with the deck I have the most experience with that is not Living Legend. Uh, and I, I said that with salts, just so everybody knows. Um, uh, I have, I, so I played the deck that I have most experience with, and like I, I had a good win rate, and then I just kind of like tanked the pro quest. Um, but like, like next time, I think I might just say like, okay, like what's like objectively the best deck, right? Like, <laughs> I wonder if that's you know that's definitely a way to go about it. You can definitely just choose like the objective best deck, mm-hmm. which I think in this case is Oldham, and mm-hmm. I'll argue with anybody that. I, I think it's it's Oldham or Icelander, and I think I think I it just depends. Think Oldham edges it out. Like if you know how to play Oldham, you're gonna beat that Icelander matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, that's beside the point. I think I think like, it's you close. can go that route. I think the other aspect of this, and then it's definitely something I tried to do with my deck, and it's just like build a hero you like for sure, and and the one you have the most reps on, something you're super comfortable on, because as we were talking about in ProQuest season, you can't really predict the meta as well even if you're going to all of the armories every week um mm-hmm. you're gonna have people come in from out of town they're gonna bring some 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 spicy something or some pet deck some some azalea yeah. or some hero you don't play often so i think you know in the way that i tried to build my deck is that it only has like two game plans it has like mm-hmm. this really kind of like it either goes aggro or i kind of just switch and go defensive mm-hmm. and that makes mm-hmm. the decision making a lot easier i'm not you know, not to denigrate any any player who does this, but like I don't really want to try to metagame my sideboard so hard that I'm switching yeah. out fifteen cards totally. between matchups to, to to try to edge it out. Because it's like unless you've played hundreds of games and tested all your sideboard configurations, it's still just a gut feeling and a mm-hmm. lot of choices. Mm-hmm. It's like why don't you make that gut feeling a little bit easier on you? Bring a big old suite of armor and and just like a good sideboard of power cards into good matchups sure. things like a race face your d reacts your command and conquers um just really strong solid sideboards and i think that is one of the strongest ways to build for pro quest season is kind of just yeah. build for your deck to cover as many matchups as possible without getting too in the nitty-gritty mm-hmm. i think a lot of people bury themselves being like oh i built my deck to beat dash and yeah. i only played one dash and it's like yeah, yeah that's on you then that's not on your you know that's not on the field for not providing no, you enough totally. to be totally you know? and i mean i think i think that like i i can i can vibe with that like it's like just thinking about like like some of the decisions i made for example is like i was playing unmovables in my deck list because like Dorian bravo um and then i and i was playing like sigils because uh it's just like generally good against a lot of decks that try to do that like last little like boop, damage um you know like 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 rhino and right swing um but uh and and i ended up cutting all those cards um because i was like well like like i don't know i want to like real like i want to focus my deck a little bit more um so that i just beat these top three decks and then i mean (laughs) i kind of got punished for it right and that's why like i like i think you made a really great call um just making your sideboard um for those of you who played like modern uh in magic um uh, the kind of the, the the generic uh accepted wisdom there is like you can't have a silver bullet for every matchup because the format's so wide and and same thing in fab right now um so People so try. People try in fab. yeah and and i think i think that like i think that like as players we just need to start approaching it in that way of uh, well, t- well well two things uh build your deck as the whole seven, you know 80 as the whole 80 instead of just 60 plus plus 20. And then the second one being just, just uh, have, you know, good cards in your sideboards over silver bullets. Sometimes silver bullets are good, like Arc Smash, like throwing a copy in your sideboard, like, yeah, sure. <laughs> right? Or, or um, you know, um, I'm trying to think about a specific hate card. Um, but like, you know, when Chain was in the meta, like Herald of Judgment, right? Like, that's all fine. But like, for the rest of your sideboard, yeah, CNCs, Erase Faces, Defense Reactions, like that kind of stuff is 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 good, and that's a good starting place. And then, team, uh, oh, did you? Um, sorry, did you want to say something else about uh, Reinar and the local meta? No, just wanted to, just wanted to talk about through showing up. Yeah, man. I mean, it is true. Like we do have. I mean, it's like like yeah. Shout out to Nathan, by the way, um, and his um, 
He's got a YouTube channel, actually. that has more subscribers than us, so I don't think he needs us to shout him out. But uh, Savage Land News Network, where it's just him, like, deck-teching his Reinar build from week to week. Um, he does some cool interviews, too, um, with, uh, you know, uh, there was he did an interview with a Brute player that won Battle Hardened in, uh, or no, it was a PTI event of some sort in, like, uh, somewhere that I don't remember. <laughs> but but he, he does a lot of cool interviews. Uh, he interviewed um, uh, our uh, our friend um, uh, Josh, or sorry, Josh, right? Guy he lost to uh, in the finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, lost, he interviewed our friend Josh, who who did played uh, an insane Icelander, uh, or like he played, he did, had an insane performance in a PQ with Icelander. Um, and he also just had, makes like good content and looks at data um, and stuff. So so it's not just for Reiner players. So definitely go check him out. Um, so yeah, um, that was the PQ. But speaking of PQs, um, there's been a lot of discourse on Twitter lately about not the PQ like game playing part of it, but the events yeah. hosting portion of it. So. Um, some things that I've, I, I, you know, I've seen and, and read in Discord and Twitter and whatnot. Um, uh, uh, player caps is, has been a big hot topic, right? Like uh, there was even some local drama for for us here in in Portland with uh, I, we won't we won't name them at this moment, but uh, they capped their uh, they capped their um, oh, their event at true. yeah exactly and uh, people and. I, th- I think what was most upsetting for people was that they like the the event had gone live on their store or something uh, like two months before, and they didn't really say anything except for to locals and people in their Discord and stuff like that. Um, and so a lot of people were kind of salty about it. Um, and then the other thing is like pricing. Uh, I think was kind of a, a big a big question mark. Um, I, th- I think a lot of people are just have a lot of questions about what mm-hmm. the value is that we're getting for $40. Yeah. Right. I think uh, a lot of people just have a question of, okay, I'm, I'm putting forth $40. Um, what is that getting me? And there's, there's a lot mm-hmm. of ways you can take that argument. Some people have just been like that $40 is so you can play at a high level, right? Mm-hmm. You can come in here and you can have your shot at a P, uh, P, P T, not a PTI, but a pro tour, <laughs> a pro tour invite. invite. But it's not, so a, not a professional so tournament similar. invitation, yeah, but exactly. a pro tour invite. So you get a pro tour invite, and that's what the forty dollars is for. But when you have like, you know, in our local scene, we have like fifty plus people at every single event. Yeah. So that, that's quite a bit of money. Uh, you know, when you sit and think about it, you're like, oh, that's a lot of money going into these events. Um, LSS is sending out these prize kits for free, which is, you know, I, I've never played Magic, but it seems pretty wild that mm-hmm. LSS has kind of built their representation or uh, their representation, their reputation on sending out these free price packages that yeah. I think we all enjoy. I, I love the mats. I love promo cards. Um, they sent out resource tokens. You know, a lot of people feel iffy about that. I think that's great. I think the resource tokens are fantastic. Resource tokens are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how I feel about the sleeves. I definitely have a problem with that mostly in the instances of winning or top eating multiple PQs. Like mm-hmm. you have people out here who are very good uh, and can top eight multiple PQs and, and they're rewarded with multiple sets of sleeves. That just doesn't seem like doesn't seem like much. It seems like, yeah, it seems like LSS is maybe allowing the dragon shield um, partnership to, to kind of run what they're sure. Is. Yeah. And yeah. You know, I think mats are cooler. I think I think promo cards are cooler. I think alt art for heroes. Are oh yeah, cooler. yeah, yeah. yeah. I think alt art for you know what I mean. There's just so many ways that you could do this. I think I think promo cards would probably be one of my favorites. If if you multiple times top eight a pro quest, let's say you do it three times, uh, you you can end up with a playset of a card. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. So when you play that deck, people see that, and obviously people can just buy these things and get their mm-hmm. value from them but you know if i see someone with a full set i will probably ask them you know where, oh where did you top eight a pro quest did, did you go to pro tour you know yeah um but i don't get that when i see the sleeves honestly you know i 
even even knowing that information, I just don't feel that way. Yeah. Um, they're just it, it doesn't resonate the same way for me. I uh, one of my I make the joke that like I I have my Fandal Spring Tunic sleeves on like on my dash deck I think, and uh, every time I see like if I'm playing dash and I sit down against somebody who has Fandal Spring Tunic sleeves, I'd be like, oh, what what Procris did you top eight? Uh, and sometimes they're like, oh, I bought these. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, top eight of this uh, ProQuest, no big deal. Um, but it's like, it's so it's so it's kind of weird, though. Like, the jokes aside, like, um, I like I agree. I think that it's so, yeah, I like I like the idea of having something you can use in your game, right? So yeah. so the, the sleeves are a surefire way that, like, you can display that you made top eight at a ProQuest. That's great. Same thing with the, like, well, not the same thing with the resource token because it's, like, the top 24 random or whatever. So I like that idea. But that being said, like, a pack of dragon sleeve or a pack of dragon shield sleeves is 10 bucks. <laughs> and so, uh, and, and yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so, like, if you really like the art or, like, you put some sort of value on, like, oh, there's scarcity because, like, only eight people per event get this or whatever, like, Sure, and like yes, you can like like I know that like for the first for the Fiendel Spring Tunic sleeves, I know that um like our our friend Archer, uh he who's on the team, he like sold his for like fifty bucks or something, which like I think is too much money, honestly, but you know, he got fifty out of him, so good for him. Um so there's there's that, like yes, there's like resale value. I mean I think the biggest the biggest problem is that they're borderline disposable. Like yeah. sleeves are disposable. They yeah. rip, they tear, they get dirty. And I, I mean, I'm the type of person that like before I go to a big event, I like to just buy a fresh pack of sleeves mm. and resleeve my deck. Yeah. It's satisfying. I like it. I don't really ten dollars. Yeah. I don't really care. But like with these price sleeves, I just I'm like collecting them now. Like I have yeah. a collection of these sleeves that I don't wanna I don't wanna open. I think maybe they'll have value in the future and you know, and I can sell them ten mm. years from now and mm. change. That'll be cool. But I, I don't know. And but, then the other, I think okay. the other concern people are having are what LGSs are doing mm-hmm. and what LGSs are providing. And I think it's a reasonable concern to pay $40 for an event. Um, and really, you got to think about, uh, how do I put this nicely? People that aren't as good and people that know they aren't as good and know yeah. that they're going to place in the bottom, uh, the bottom, the bottom half of a tournament. And it's like it's it's really disheartening to pay forty dollars, mm-hmm. kind of know that you're gonna do uh, worse and, and not not gonna top eight. Like you you have the dream of it, but you kind of know yeah. that you aren't gonna top eight, and you know that I'm gonna walk away from this event for with uh, two packs uh, for my forty dollars. Yeah, um, that's that's rough. It can it can hurt. I I think you know I don't necessarily agree with the way that people have chosen to gripe about that specifically. Yeah. Um, or if people understand the full breadth of what goes into running an event or, or hosting an event like this. Mm-hmm. And there is something to say about, you know, the event is what you're paying for. You know what I mean? Uh, you, yeah. you are paying to get together with a large group of people uh, in a more professional setting with judges and yeah. have some type of private support, um, regardless if it's just the two packs. It's just hard, man. Like, yeah. we went to a lot of requests. And we went to ProQuest where, I'm not going to name names, we went to a ProQuest where you get better prizes at their armory than you would from, like, if you if you play yeah. five rounds at the armory, you're probably going to get, like, a pack a win, and if you win three times, yeah. that's three packs, that's better than the two packs they get you for going three, you yeah. know, three whatever, three three yeah. at the ProQuest, and that's that's gotta hurt for some people yeah. so and, and i think that there is a conversation we need to have but it, you know what what do you do as lss what do you do it's more of a community oriented thing yeah. on how we uh, get value for our money at these events and it is mm-hmm. kind of a bit of voting with your dollar um but that's not necessarily voting with where you get go to a ProQuest. it's voting with where you spend your armory dollars yeah uh, i know lss yeah. likes to give people bigger events when they have uh, strong communities, mm-hmm. uh, which is smart on their part. So really, you need to 
be going to shops where the armories are exceptional. Yeah. And those will be the shops that are getting the better ProQuest. Yeah. Not to disparage any local shops. I think all the local yeah, shops yeah, yeah. Pro- um, deserve the ProQuest and did adequate uh, price support based on what they were able to provide. And I think uh, thinking about the larger context of the price that goes into it, um, it can factor into you know how people view their pricing out. So an example would be um, we neither of us went to the uh, Gongai one on Saturday, um, but their pricing was the same as every other event. Mm-hmm. So it was like two two packs for everybody, and then you get additional packs for being in top sixteen and then top sure. eight and so on and so forth. Um, but I know that Gongai went the extra mile and they provided everyone donuts at the beginning of the yeah. event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They provided um, free drinks. They provided like hot dogs and chips. It's like, that's awesome. I didn't, neither of the ProQuest we went to provided that, but uh, we did get free coffee at uh, two different events. I know that we got, um, you know, I feel like some people go the extra mile with like decorating and making yeah. this space feel nice. Wait a minute. Was uh, the coffee was yesterday free? free? Uh, was the coffee? I don't know if the coffee. I don't know. Was free, I went to free. go get coffee at like one, and the dude had already left, so I was a little bummed out. Yeah. So, so what he's talking about is we had a little coffee booth at our uh, ProQuest yesterday. It was pretty adorable. Yeah. He set up in the corner, and it was just like he had. You know, we we live in Portland, so it's like ethically sourced blends and stuff. It was really nice coffee, yeah. um, and just having that in the building was was nice. And that's the things that people need to consider yeah. is like putting that together getting a renting a space especially yeah. if you want to have an event that's 60 plus people yeah which is what we talked about with the other proquests that capped at 32 they didn't think they had the space and a lot of places people are upset you know uh because of capacities and it's like yeah not everyone has the money or yeah people want to make profit on these events and they might lose out yep. if they buy a 60 person space and they only get four more people than the store could hold yeah and then it's like okay cool so we just spent a couple hundred extra dollars for our community, and the community provided me four more players, which barely cost the cost of this room. And yeah. people need to think about that. And yeah, and I think also, judges aren't free. Yeah, exactly. D- judges aren't free. That's right. Yeah. So the the there is a judge stipend or whatever, right? Uh, yeah, that, pay your judges. It's yeah. Their time. Yep. Exactly. I th- I mean, and yeah, that's a whole other like God, God, we could do like a whole podcast on that on on paying judges. Um. But I know that, like, you know, I was talking to, to our friend uh, Phil, who uh, plays frequently at, like, Fable on Wednesdays and stuff like that. Um, really great judge. Uh, I, I think he's L2. Um, but, yeah, like, like, like him and, and Ryan Wood, for example. Ryan Wood's uh, our local judge again. He was, like, one of the head judges at Worlds. Like, he's amazing. He's, he's the best judge. He's also just, like, the nicest, coolest guy. And, like, I, yeah, I, like... Uh, uh, yeah, it, he's one of the guys where it's like he he'll come to your table and like rule against you and you'll feel good about it. Like, <laughs> like he's that professional yeah. and how he lays it down. Yeah, uh, yeah. and same same things thing with same thing with Phil too. I don't know if you've experienced yeah. with him with, as a judge, but Phil's yeah, Phil's great. It's just direct, you know. There's no need to. There's no attitude from them. They're both very professional, yeah. which I yep. like. Ryan especially doing you know player meetings, making sure everyone knows where the clock is. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You know, just everything. Every little detail you would want in events, um, it really goes a long way. And there's a lot of credit to be given to judges. Yeah. Uh, and they deserve to be paid for their time. And I think players need to factor that in too. Uh, yeah. And for the time, it's going to eat into your prize packs. And I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. Well, yeah. And so, like, if, like, and that's the thing, right? So it's like, so so my side of this is is players are, are spending money to go to these events, uh, whatever the entry fee is. I don't, I don't know if they're all the same or whatever, but. So so let's say it's like let's say they cap it at sixty four players, which I think is like a reasonable amount. Okay, so to fit sixty four people, you are probably not like you're probably not gonna be able to do it uh, in in most shops. Like we have a shop here called Guardian that is like that they could probably do sixty people or sixty some odd people in their space. Uh, in fact, I know they can. They they can do hun- uh, several hundred people if they wanted to. But they're they're basically in a warehouse. Like they're they're a huge huge store. Um, but for the average store, like Fable Hobby, Gone Guy Games, um, Discs and Dice, uh, slash Fab Foundry, um, which go check all... I think they all sell singles, and they're all really great, so go check them out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, if they cap at 60, you know, 64, um, 
they're going to need to get a space. Uh, so they're going to need to like rent a space. Um, and renting a space is as somebody who used to manage restaurants that had event spaces for rent, they are not cheap. Um, <laughs> so, and, and that's just, just for it, no amenities or anything, just having bodies in the space. Uh, and maybe like most places provide like table and chairs, right? So having yeah. those things is, is going to run you at least a thousand dollars or, or more, um, and so, so, so there's that. There's the time of your staff running the event, not judges, but your staff, whoever you bring with you. There's the cost of your time, which a lot of game store owners do not factor in uh, because they love the community and what they do so much. Bless them. Uh, and then, yeah, and then there's the the prizing too, right? And so, so you spend a thousand dollars on a space, and you have, and and you have like yesterday we had fifty people register. So fifty times uh, forty is 40. uh uh, uh 15. Oh, d- oh, yeah, two two thousand exactly. So duh. So yeah, five times four twenty. Then add the zeros. Anyway, so yeah, two thousand dollars. So you spend a thousand dollars of that on on the space. Uh, you spend uh, let's say you know five hundred dollars on the day, which is a low estimate. Five hundred dollars on the day for staffing for the you know judges or whatever for uh all your like other expenses that's fifteen hundred dollars you have five hundred dollars left uh and then uh uh you know prizing okay and let's say you know minimum packs two dollars uh or, or two 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 packs a piece uh for, for a for a player if, if that was prizing across the board two packs a piece that's a hundred packs uh, that's a potential value of 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 three to four hundred dollars. Um, it's actually four hundred dollars now, especially with Dynasty because they upped the MSRP. Uh, so that's a hundred dollars left. Uh, and so, what do you do with that hundred dollars? Do you make the prizing? Is that really... your profit? Exactly. Is that your profit? Do you make the prizing more top heavy? Uh, does LSS need to step in and help with this? Like, I don't have the answers because I am not like a dedicated like like I don't own a hobby store. Um, and I've talked to hobby store owners and I've talked to small business owners and they are doing it because they absolutely love it. And because it's their passion. And that's amazing. Like that, like, like it's great. Um, I can't imagine holding an event like, like yesterday. And it wasn't even like the flashiest event. Like, like it it was... They had a, a little coffee stand. Um, the bathroom was in a subway next door, <laughs> um, but like, and, but they they put in so much effort. Like they they yeah, they, they organized say, things everything well, and they they the decorations in the room too were sick. Yes, they had a bunch of like dragons and like paper lanterns and stuff. It looked like the throne room. He, yeah, he really went all out, and he did the same for last season. He had everything looking like Everfest. Yeah, uh, like, yeah, it was really cool. You know, on it really, really goes on it from Fat Foundry really goes the extra mm-hmm. mile and uh, making his events feel special. So you know, and that that mm-hmm. has to be factored into the money that people spend. And obviously, not every shop does that, but I feel like from mm-hmm. what I saw, mm-hmm. guy they did the same thing. And then you know, Fable Hobby is like probably our home shop where we play the yeah. most. And I thought that event was run beautifully too. It's just like. You know, you got an extra space, you yeah. know, provided free coffee at that event, free coffee and cold water. Nice. And we had a single shop and you know, really great prizing at that event. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I just think um, the prizing conversation is more nuanced than a lot of mm-hmm. people are giving it credit for. Yeah. And um, I think, I think, too. Last, oh, go ahead. I was going to say one last point on this topic, though, is there is a conversation that popped up around. Um, multiple uh pro tour invites for bigger events uh so i know that like i said all of our events were 50 plus we had two that were 60 plus mm-hmm. um and i saw on twitter there was events that were like 120 people 150 people and then i saw events that were 12 people i saw events that were yeah. 15 people um and I actually don't know where I land on this, and so I definitely wanted to just ask you: How do you feel about that? Do you think that someone that beats a room of twelve uh, deserves a uh, as much as a person who beats a room of one hundred and fifty? I mean, I so I think that there is something to be said about. I think the player cap thing is like a lot more nuanced in like 
yeah, it's costing people so much. Like, I think it should be, I think it should be higher than 32, but I think it should be like, I don't, but like, but asking somebody to do that is like, it's a lot. Um, well, well I I'm asking like, if you go for a big event, do you think that the LSS should be awarding multiple? Well, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm get, I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, the for for the the you said something that that I f- forgot to mention that like there are people who are capping their events at like eight or sixteen, and Ooh. and yeah, so yeah, so I saw uh, I saw multiple reports of several stores like capping it at sixteen and running like four rounds cut to top eight. Because they because they didn't want it to go long or because they just wanted to have locals or whatever and I was like okay that's kind of messed up, <laughs> um, and not to say that like the player who won that or whatever is not deserving but I think that's more of a structural issue so whatever. Um, as far as large events are concerned, yes, I think that that would be a terrific incentive to for for people right. It's like um, LSS could just say hey if you have 120 people at your pro quest. We'll give you two, uh, two PQs or two, two pro, two pro tour invitations, um, or like like an extra gold foil or whatever. Like I think there's a lot of ways that that LSS could, could probably at a low overhead uh, improve the incentive for store owners to run these events. And so with it, take this with a grain of salt because I think LSS is doing a, a overall really great job of running these like doing these seasons, um, but. I think that there is some stuff that they could do to incentivize store owners to, um, to to essentially market their game for them. Because, like we just you know with our you know kind of napkin math, we broke it down just now, and it's you know you're ending up with like maybe a hundred dollars in your pocket, and I mean that's not enough to run a business. You can't you can't sustain yourself on that. Like and yeah, it's like that's that's not even factoring in the cost of like your like store rent, you know, and like all the stuff you have to pay uh, just on a day to day basis as a business, right? Like that's just the event. So it's, it's, it's not sustainable. Um, And yeah, so I think there's a lot of ways that LSS could incentivize stores to hold bigger events to, um, uh, you know, whatever. Um, But it's, and yeah, I think, I think there should be something about like, you, like and like it's tough because there are some smaller regions that actually don't have like 32 players or whatever but i do think that like i do think that lss should set like a a minimum cap uh, for example so it's like you can't cap it any lower than 32 or you can't cap it any lower right. than 64 um and then i think i think they can make a strong argument of like well if you're if you have you know 50 players registered you can rent a space or something um but yeah i i don't know i think i think they should <laughs> i don't think that they should necessarily take power away from the store owners i think what they should do is provide so better guidelines and along with that just incentivize the store owners better and i think yeah. i think that if if like i think that the the good pr you're going to get from whatever money you spend on the additional pricing, which honestly I'm, I'm assuming that L, like a gold foil probably doesn't cost LSS that much to make. <laughs> right. Um, and, and, and that's a whole other conversation, but, and, and, you know, just, yeah, like if there's a ton of players, like put an extra invite in there or, or, or make it a PTI instead of a, yeah, or, I mean, you know, do you think it could be something as simple as uh, a pro tour invite for every 60 people? Cause like, I think that, a field of 60 is reasonable for one yeah. invite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just like, yeah, but if you're at 120, I feel like two invites is reasonable. Like mm-hmm. the top two, that's still very hard. You're still going to have a top eight cut that's the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree. Think, I agree with that. I, I, I think it's just whatever the Swiss, whenever the Swiss bracket jumps, uh, I don't know exactly off the top of my head. I could go to Flesh and Blood's like tournament uh, page and learn, but I know that they have like a Swiss round. Yeah, jump yeah, yeah. They, they have tiers. Seven rounds of, of uh, Swiss. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, when we make that jump at a at a PQ, I think you just jump the invites. It just makes sense. It's like you're yeah. still waiting through a really big room of people. There needs to be. And that's, I mean, and that's the thing is like, I'm like, if there were more, like, I I think that if there were, like, there's, there's, a, there's definitely a downside to having more rounds, right? But I, I think too that, like, I think that a lot of, for a lot of players, you know, it's like, well, I went like 
you know, I'm like, I'm 2-2. Two, two, and it's like, yeah, if I went out, I might make top eight. But like, if there's like, yeah, and then it's like, I might make top eight. And then I like might win the bracket. And then I might get a PQ. But like, if, if like, if it's like, oh, there's a ton of people here. And like, if I go like, you know, X2 and make top eight, like if I, if I win it out, if I went out, make top eight, like, I just have to win a couple matches. And then like, I'm guaranteed a pro tour invite. And if I win that, then I get, you know, the gold foil or whatever. Um, or, and, and then along with that, it's like, okay, well, like, if I go X2 over seven rounds and I bubble out, like, the prizing's still good, you know? And it's like, I, I think that, like, the onus is kind of, like, on LSS in a lot of ways. Um, but also, like, it is, it is on the store owners, I guess, but, it, but less, less than the, the LSS, I'd say. Um, but overall, they're doing a great job. And I'm sure that the next ProQuest season, the prizes will be fine either way. So, speaking of which, uh have you seen the prize kit for skirmish season uh i have not please enlighten us so it is going to be uh an arachne map i'm trying i can't remember the card oh uh uh, arachne solitary confinement or something or is that no that would be amazing if it was that mat no it's um it's a different mat let me see here there it is so we have is it Razor's Edge? It's him like attacking from a clock tower, and then we have two cold foils. Mm-hmm. For, for whoa, what? Two cold foils per event. So two of those mats of the Arachne mats, two cold foils, and then we have rainbow foil um, heroes. All the new heroes. Okay. So Arachne, Self, uh, Solitary Confinement, Riptide, and Azuri, mm-hmm. all coming in rainbow foil as prize. Uh, are they prizes? They might just be door. Oh yeah, door I don't know, but that's that sounds uh, great. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This this next season, skirmish season, looks like it has an amazing prize kit. Yeah. Um, are you gonna play? Are you gonna <laughs> maybe? I, maybe. <laughs> um, I don't really care that much about like XP. Like I care. I kind of care about Elo. Um, just because like I think it's a good way to like measure your success, and I'm toxic with myself. Um, and, but I, I don't really care about XP and skirmishes don't give you ELO, so I'm like, eh, I don't know. Uh, like I and like the the the, the prize. Of, either of the formats. Uh, you know, I I am interested in sealed because this uh the limited format looks really good for outsiders. But um, oh, just so uh, people who don't know, the two formats are going to be sealed at some of your stores mm-hmm. and constructed blitz. At yeah. The other. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, I like, I do, like, it kind of depends. Like, if I'm really amped about I- Outsiders, um, I might make plans to go. But current state, like, I, I have so much, like, I-, I have so little, like, opportunity to, like, get out to events that, like, and it takes a lot of planning. Uh, and, you know, like, like, uh, like, my wife has to, like, watch our child and our puppy all day <laughs> you know it's like it takes it just takes a lot for us to get out so um i i like to kind of uh uh i i like to just save you know pick my moments right for um b- bigger events uh like like yeah. we we planned out and went to san jose and that was okay and then yeah i went out to this pq yesterday and uh, I don't know if, like, to me, skirmishes are worth it. Uh, like, they, they are, like, prizing-wise, it seems. And I actually do really like the Blitz format, because, uh, you know, I'm toxic, obviously. Uh, and, uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'll make it out, but I think that everybody who has time should. Yeah. So are you going to take this as an opportunity to maybe take a break? Are you going <laughs> to, like... So that's kind of how I'm viewing yeah. skirmish season. Yeah, um, yeah. I definitely am a CC player. Uh, that's that's my favorite format, mm-hmm. uh, and I like to spend a lot of time on it when I when I have it. But also, I've been spending a lot of time with this game, uh, and so I kind of look at skirmish season as a way to kind of pump the brakes and chill. Yeah, um, totally. I think if I do catch an event, it'll probably be a sealed event. Um, Same, yeah. Just because that sounds like fun. It does sound like sound like fun to open up some packs uh, of the new set and kind of just, you know. Uh, is it the new set? It, it has to be the new set. I, I mean, imagine. I think so. Like, I so yeah. If <laughs> if the, I like if I like registered for a sealed event at a shop and went in and it was uprising sealed, I'd be like, <laughs> can I get my money back though? <laughs> yeah. So you know, I think I'll do it for that. The, the prizes look 
awesome. Yeah, the prices look great. I actually have nothing bad to say about the prices. I think I'm just going to take it as an opportunity to... Um, have fun? Spend time on other hobbies. Like, yeah. I just have other things that I like to do. Um, and not, you know, not to disparage anybody who plays Fab for a lot of their time mm-hmm. in a survey mm-hmm. hobby, but, like, it's nice to do other things. And I think that LSS is kind of giving uh, people want to play this game at a really high level. Mm-hmm. Kind of an opportunity to chill out uh, yeah. during the skirmish season, or at least that's how I see it. Yeah, not that you can't play, not that you can't like, you know. I, I one of my first major events I won, major events I won was a skirmish, and that yeah. felt huge. Being you know new to the game, I I would on the transverse of this, if you're new to the game, if you're less than six months in this game, you are grinding right now for skirmish season. Go yeah, out yeah, there, yeah. give yourself a skirmish win, uh, feel that level up. Play at the next higher level; it'll yeah. be very rewarding. I, I think that's that's a good point. Year, take a break. Yeah, Just chill for a little bit. I think that's a really good point. Is that like I think skirmishes are awesome because um, they are appealing to like like more spiky competitive players and uh, less experienced players because it's blitz, which is the most approachable format, and it's also a good format if you ask me. Um, and so, yeah, it's I, I think that's a really great point, Jacob. Is like uh, the uh just having that bridge that you know because the, the the competitive players will go be going because it's like six times experience modifier or whatever uh so they're they're trying if they're trying to get into that 90 day xp bracket or whatever um then that's great um if they're uh or, or or yeah if they're just like trying to be more casual and like go and like play some kano at a blitz event or something right like i think uh well, spike with a reinar just go bring yeah. some really heinous reinar builds yeah, exactly. Like, there's, I, I think, I think skirmish is actually a really like nicely timed and actually really fun event. I top eighted a skirmish once, and uh, it was a blast. Uh, I was playing Ultim, and it was busted. Viserai was more busted though. <laughs> oh, this and that, and the, yeah. this, the Skeleta Blitz. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Awful kill you in one turn. Pretty yeah. filthy. Yep. Um. But yeah, no, I uh, uh, highly recommend skirmish season for sure. Or we're just taking a break. That's always healthy, right? Like it's um, it's not worth. Uh, uh, I, I like, and I won't name names, but th- there there are people that I've talked to recently where they're just like, oh, like Fab is just not fun for me. Jacob knows who I'm talking about. It's like Fab, Fab's just not fun for me right now. It's like, well, why are you like, why are you here? Like, like why are you grinding so hard? Why yeah, you yeah. Playing two different events. Yeah, 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 exactly. Just and it's like I, there's Wait a. For a little bit. There's a time where, like, like, and Jacob and I, you, we were talking about this, uh, uh, like, yesterday. It's like, man, after this peaky season, like, kind of want to, like, have a Wednesday, like, board game night or something. You know, like, like a, like a, a night where we s- s- skip an armory and, and just go and, and play some board games or, like, have a drink or, like, paint some minis or something, right? So, um, yeah, and I think, that's, I think that's healthy. And I think skirmish season is a great time to do it because, you know, it's like you're getting all these CC reps, but, like... You don't need them yet, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's you know it's two it's two months of time, and I think that based on the OP announcement from James Wyatt at the beginning of this year, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that is kind of the point. We're getting two skirmish seasons. We're getting one uh, pro, one PQ season. I think we're going to get another one way near the end of the year. I think in like August be... or something, or like July or. Some so, like late late summer, I think we're getting another PQ season, if I'm not mistaken. But. No, 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 we're only getting one this year. Oh, really? Okay. Like they're breaking it, yeah, they're breaking it up so it's like it's one PQ season, which we're in right now, and then it's a skirmish season, and then we have Road to Nats. Oh, right. And another skirmish season, and then at the very end of the year, probably after. Gotcha. Worlds, yeah. Okay. Then we get another pro season. Okay. So they yeah. really. We've really like mellowed it out and given players the amount of time in between mm-hmm. when sets mm-hmm. come out and when big events are mm-hmm. to kind of chill out. And um, because I think last year was just go, 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 go. We had major event after major event after major yeah, event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're playing this game at the highest level, that was just a lot of your time. Uh, and even if you're playing at the level that we're at, which is just right below. Yeah, mid tier grinders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was still a lot, and I think that I'm going to take advantage of what LSS yeah. has presented us in yeah. these little pockets of time to enjoy the game in a more relaxed and fun way, and not be grinding Talishar games yeah. every night for three hours and yeah. you know, hundred percent, trying out every deck I can. It's like yeah, just just chill out, play some sealed, open some packs, 
uh, enjoy your friends and your loved ones in a different way. You know? Indeed. Um, so we were going to talk about uh, best time to buy cards. Uh, want to give us like? Why don't you just give us like the two minute down low on that? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's really easy. I yeah. think. Yeah, then we'll uh, wrap it up. Yeah. So right now, this is for anyone new to the game, or you know, people who are really building out their collections right now. The most expensive time to purchase cards is in the middle of a ProQuest season. Uh, or leading into any major event. So if you have Worlds coming up, or we have Nationals coming up, cards are going to spike because people are looking to buy things for their deck. They're trying out new decks. If they find a hero they really like, they're probably going to deck it out so that it's as strong as it can be. That being said, right after these major events, right after these seasons, Mm -hmm. um, pretty much two weekends from now, there's going to be this very small pocket of uh, time, probably about a week, where everything's going to plummet. We're going to be right in between a major season, which is ProQuest, and right before spoiler season, which cards will also spike because people are going to start speculating and buying speculative cards. So if you are interested in this game, new to this game, literally next week, I would say, watch prices on cards you really want. I don't think this is going to affect um, Spring Tunic and CNC. It'll probably affect <laughs> well, them. Well, like, maybe a little bit. Them, like, yeah, it'll affect them like seven, eight bucks. Well, you, you still, you still might be able to, yeah, like you could, you know, depending on your local trade scene and like whatever's going on on TCG, but you might be able to save ten, twenty bucks, something like that, right? So, so we're just, you know, just heads up to everybody. We're about to go into a, a time where we, I mean, me and Tim were even talking about cards that we wanted to purchase, and yeah. they're looking at prices. Uh, and I was just like, you know what? If we hold out a week, we might be able to s- save like ten, fifteen. Twenty dollars, especially if your hero, yeah, uh, you want to build is off meta, didn't perform well in the season. Oh, yeah. Those cards get very cheap, um, and so it's it's just a small minor bit of speculation, but I think it's really helpful for uh, for anyone who's trying to collect this game or get into this this game um, right around now. Which, as we've seen in the local scenes, a lot of people, a yeah. lot of people come. Yeah, yeah. The there's there's a lot of new players, and uh, it's great um yeah it's 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 awesome and like i mean even like like uh uh take dylan dart for example we mentioned him earlier one of the top eight five players uh in our pq yesterday like he started like two or three months ago and he's slaying it like when i the first couple times i played him i I was like oh yeah like this guy's new but then we like had a conversation and like he was like oh like maybe i'll try this maybe i'll do that and then like uh the most recent time we played he just like stomped me like he like he like maneuvered the game like expertly like he really put in the time and really like got the reps and um yeah and i'm I'm just looking forward to like the competition of fab just going up and up and up like that because it's it's awesome um uh yeah well cool uh anything else before we uh wrap it up jacob no i think i just i hope everyone had fun this pq season whether they won or lost or top eight or whatever um, I hope everyone enjoyed their games. I've, I hope everyone learned something new and hopefully met some new people. Um, yeah. Because at yeah. the end of the day, that's the best part of this game is uh, mm-hmm. me, meeting new people and yeah. geeking out over a cardboard game. Yeah. I, I mean, just like an anecdote on that, too, is like, because that's, that's exactly my thought, too, is like, like yesterday, like, uh, you know, uh, I like I had already like kind of scrubbed out, but I was playing it out because, you know, obviously I don't. You know, I wanted to trash my ELO. Uh, and uh, we were just, like, standing outside. It was, like, you, me, and Dylan, and, like, uh, a couple, like, Josh, and, like, Nathan headed out there. And, like, we were all just, like, you know, we had all, we were all kind of tired from, like, that that day. And then we, but then we just started, like, geeking out about, like, weird, like, builds. And we were, like, oh, like, like Iris of Reality, Dromai. And, like, then we were, like, like, it was just, like, so fun to, like, like, oh, like, this would be so cool. And it's, like, it's so cool that we can like go and like grind and like 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 most of us were like yeah we're not making top eight but like we're having fun and like we're like geeking out about the game like despite the fact that we just like got defeated right so it's like it's just, like it's those moments that like that I love and why yeah. I will continue to play Flesh and Blood because um, the community so far the community is so great so it's the bigger part of the game and I think. Um, if you really just prioritize how you're performing in the game, you're actually missing out on the yeah. largest part of the game. 100%. So. 100%. Well, that's a great note to uh, to bring us out on. Um, yeah, man. 
you can find me at uh, at uh, enlightened underscore Mike uh, on Twitter, um, and you can find Jacob uh, at uh, G Williker. I'll uh, have the Twitter handle somewhere down there uh, <laughs> during the video. Um, anyway, anything? Do you want to shout out anything or or or? Uh... Um, I think we did. We did so many shout outs in this we episode. Did, we did. We did hella shout outs. Locals that we like and yeah. stores that we like. But I'll just run the list again. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm in. Yeah, I'm, I'm into hobby. it. Gable Hobby, amazing shop. Go to their website for singles. Fab Foundry, obviously a pillar of the Fab community. Check them out for singles. Fable Hobby, Gone boom. Guy, Fab Foundry, boom. Uh, locals, we have Dylan Dart. Gone Guy, player. boom. Dylan, Dylan Dart, awesome dude. Oh, hold and on, pause there. Guy. Dylan Dart, also just an awesome ass dude. Like, like the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Right before he murders you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, those are those are all our shots. Oh, and Nathan, Nathan's cool too. Yeah. Nathan Dolman, yeah. Go check out Savage Land News on YouTube. Yep. Uh, yeah, and have a great one, you guys. Yeah. See you guys. Say bye, Jacob. You're you kind of are. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs>